It's the Tim Cornwall Show with Joe Santorsa. Bringing you news from the front lines of the battle to restore the soul of America. And now, here's your host, Tim Cornwall. Hey there, and welcome to episode 727 of this Tim Cornwall Show for Sunday, January 14th, 2024. And I'm joined on the show once again by my co-host, co-producer, and resident Photoshop expert, the one, the only, Joe, at Marnus3 at MSTDN.party. How are you, Joe? I'm doing fine, Tim. Glad to be here. Glad to have you back. And from down Tennessee way, Adam Hebert. How are you, Adam? Uh, well, aside from the fact that it's currently a balmy 21 degrees outside, I'm doing mm. just fine. Yes, yes. Well, it's 16 here, so. <laughs> well, I've gotten soft since, uh, you know, living here instead of in Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone soft. All right. And also joining us from North Carolina, T. Brown. How are you, T.? Oh, fabulous. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me on. Glad to have you back. And from down Atlanta way, probably the furthest south, Seth B23, how are you, Seth? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's actually 53 degrees here today, which is a little bit warmer than it has been. So that's not so bad. And um, yeah, glad to be back on the show. Thanks, Tim. Glad to have you back. Seth, what's been going on down Atlanta way? Uh, well, you know, I mean, the big thing I think in Atlanta right now is we're uh, the day before MLK Day. And of course, um, I'll talk about more of this in my uh, social media friend of the week. But uh, everybody's getting ready for MLK Day all around the city. Tons of events, uh, tons of runs, tons of uh, celebrations, services, uh, all kinds of things going on around town. There's that. So that's that's the main thing in up close and personal happening tomorrow outside of that we've got the whole trump trial happening as you know and um just waiting to see what the next development is on that it seems to have kind of plateaued for a minute and i haven't heard any real new new news in the last week or so so we'll we'll just wait and see where that goes the news that i heard is apparently there's some kind of drama with fanny willis and one of the prosecutors or something do you know what's going on with that yeah, I do. Well, see, I wasn't I didn't want to bring that up right away because I want to see where that goes, because as of right now, it's just accusations by the defense. And, um, she, you know, I, the thing about Fonnie Willis is I never w- really want to speak for her. You know, I want to wait till we hear her side of the story. Uh, but the idea is the accusation is simply that they that she hired somebody who she had a remote romantic relationship with that was underqualified. And then that guy took some of the money from this trial and they went on vacations together. That's the accusation. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, yeah. This sounds I, like it has I, I Trump's fingers on it sounds like it has Trump's fingers all over it. Well, yeah. I mean, they yeah. just did this with that lady from Harvard, and they admitted yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they said, yeah, we, we created this story, we, we put it in the media, and basically we knew liberals would eat their own. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, and they, that's they, the thing. And you're 100% right, Adam. And that's why I didn't want to go down that road too much because I don't want to hang her out to dry. We haven't even really heard her side well, of the story. Exactly. That's why I said I don't think it, I don't know. I just, I heard it and it just, you know, got that sink, sick feeling in my stomach, you know, because <laughs> it's like, oh, is yeah. he going to get away with this once again? You know, but it's just, it's just, it's got, it just, to me, it doesn't, something smells rotten in Denmark, if you know what I mean, right? So. It, it could be. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You know, I mean, like I said, I don't want to rush to judgment on anything. And, um, you know, I, I think we just need to see where this is going to go and how she's going to respond and just go from there. You know, but, she, but I mean, the thing is that basically it. I'm just going to put this out there. This, remember about this time last year, 
supposedly she was having an affair with a gang member. Right. With a there you go. Right. Exactly. Now we've recycled it again, and now mm-hmm. it's the person who supposedly works in the department. Yeah, it's it's stinking like like a four day old fish. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I That's think what good. raised all this uh, speculation was that she's been subpoenaed in the in the uh, prosecutor's divorce case. Hmm, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's what was reported in the Wall Street Journal, and yeah. that's the only fact we have is that the subpoena was served her at her office to yeah. appear as a witness in this supposed lovers divorce case, alleged lovers support. Well, I mean, so that's what, that's where this started with that, that mean, article in the Wall Street Journal. This is all sounding exactly like what they tried to do to the to Judge Ankaron's clerk. Yeah, right? well, they yeah, tried to manufacture some story. Is that you can't? You know, Fani's response is clear. She can't give them anything. You can't appease bullies. Mm-hmm. You yeah. give them, you give them a little. You give them an investigation. They want your head. You give them your head. They want someone else's. I mean, it never stops. That's why, like I said, I, I brought up the uh, um, professor gay at Harvard because it never stops. Mm-hmm. You know, Mm-mm. and it, yeah. it, it's the same play every single time. The same play. It's so predictable. And then I've got, you know, people I hang out with who are like, well, you know, she plagiarized. There's no proof of that. Right. Well, here's pictures. So, where do those pictures come from? Uh, this Christopher Rufo guy. He's the guy. Oh my God! I know, right? Wait, it's wait, just wait, maddening. Let, let me let me tag you on that. So Christopher Rufo, who um, actually went to basically Harvard Community College. He likes to say he went to Harvard, but what he went to was Harvard Extension School. It's like, it's like in the Beverly Hillbillies when they said uh, the cousin yeah. went to Oxford. <laughs> right. Yeah. And this guy, um, oh, and he has not stopped, by the way. I'm going to drop this little nugget and then I'm going to leave it alone. Uh, he is not satisfied with her resigning as president. She was already a, a professor there. Now they're going after her for being a professor there. And making nine hundred thousand dollars a year—it's a waste of money. So he hasn't stopped yet. Oh, and he's not going to. So, all right. Well, anyway, Seth, tell people where they can check you out. <clears throat> all right. Well, you can uh, find me. I'm, most, I'm mostly on Mastodon right now, on at Seth P twenty three on Mastodon, and um, uh, my wife and I have a. Uh, uh, instance on Instagram, uh, Vegan ESP, where you can check out a lot of our uh, vegan creations that we make in different restaurants that we go to. And uh, you can check us out over there on Instagram, Vegan ESP on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you, Seth. We're glad to have you back. Seth P23 at stranger.social on Mastodon. T, what's happening down North Carolina way? Um, well, I can say it now. Um, we were banned from saying it, but apparently we had a fake doctor for several days, wandering around the hospital, wearing scrubs and a stethoscope and stealing. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. he got it several. They finally released it to major media, so now I can speak on it. Uh, there was a mass search for him because he was hitting several different hospitals. Oh, my goodness. That is nuts. What is wrong yeah. with this world? <laughs> People are crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's insane. So that was our business down here. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so what else is going on? Anything else going on in North Carolina way? Um, pretty quiet. Oh, well, we've got BMW who has signed a deal to build an EV plant down here in Raleigh. Oh, wow. Cool. Mm. Yeah. So lots of jobs. That's great. That's great. And, and it's a wonderful, wonderful 51 degrees. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Wish it was here. And uh, But thank you, T. And tell people where they can check you out. Uh, you can find me over on uh, Spoutable at tbrown1061. You can also find me over on the Tickety Top at tbrown64. All right. Thank you, T. Adam, what's happening Tennessee Way? Oh, nothing much, nothing much. Uh, Christmas at the Fort Calumet Exchange is officially over. Uh, we have sold the last Christmas tree. I can say that for a fact because <laughs> I'm the one who bought it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I bought it for my mom. There you go. Oh, so, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, Christmas is over. And maybe if I'm lucky, it won't come back next year. <laughs> right. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but, oh, that's good. But I can, I can dream. That's good. Well, I'm glad you survived the holiday season working retail. I know sucks. So, so, but um, now, like I said before, all the people who are like, Christmas is the best time of the year. Yeah, they should be. They, they should be required by law to work to retail. work retail from the day after Thanksgiving until uh, we'll say January fifteenth. So us poor schmucks who understand the horror of that time of the year <laughs> can have a nice vacation. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Adam. Tell people where they can check you out. Well, you can check me out at th- mostly threads these days at the Adam Hebert. Yes, I'm the Adam Hebert, not a Adam Hebert. I do not come in six packs. <laughs> right. um, and of course, I'm still working. I'm working on some stuff on uh, Ray for Humans. I might get back into DJing. Um, I'm thinking about going, doing, uh, you know, uh, upbeat, inspirational songs that do not lead into a goddamn dead dog dedication. Uh, but we're, that's still kind of under. Uh, construction. All right. Thank you, Adam. And Joe, what's happening up Scranton? Where you get a lot of snow? Uh, squalls. We're squalls. getting squalls, and uh, temperature dropping very quickly. It was in the 40s yesterday. It's down into the 20s now, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to the low teens. Mm, yeah, like I said, it's it's six, uh, 18 degrees here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna get. Uh, it's coming our way, so yeah. that's that's where we're at. And uh, supposedly supposed to get a, about two or three inches of snow on Tuesday. So yeah, we woke up to about know, an inch, about an inch of snow. Winter's here. Winter's here. So hey, everybody was complaining in December that they didn't have snow for Christmas, and now they're complaining that they have snow in January. <laughs> well, that's what usually happens. Yeah, exactly. But, right. <laughs> get over it. Well, I'm over Christmas, so there. Yeah, there you go. I know. I got the so, Christmas tree down on Monday, finally. <laughs> yes. Well, we can't take ours down ourselves. They, The place where we buy it, they put it up and take it down. Yes. Because it weighs like 400,000 oh pounds. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's way, it takes two, two young people that come every year to put it up to carry it. And, uh, but they do a nice job. And, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, that's gone. Everything's gone. We're all de Christmas. So, anyway, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, not often. Once in a while. Uh, on uh, Mastodon. Uh, almost never. 
you could guess that I am not on social media anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Don't I see much of you, yeah. Totally ghosted yes. media, <laughs> social media, and uh, for good reason, because it's a waste of my time. So I uh, that's where I'm, I guess, registered to be on, but I don't do any posting or anything anymore, and I don't interact anymore. Uh, it's just my way of saying, fuck you. <laughs> oh, that's and uh, that's it. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. And uh, Tim Cornwall hailing from the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And it's, uh, like I said, 17, or it was 18 degrees, and we got about an inch of snow last night. But it's uh, sun's out this morning, so it's a beautiful day here. Uh, and uh, you can follow me, Tim Cornwall, on all the uh, social medias except for the... the, um, the you can call it the shitter. Twitter, Twitter, X, whatever it is. And... TimCormor.com is the website for our show. We're on Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts, and we're broadcast on Netroots Radio, 6.30 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern on Mondays, as well as on Radio for Humans, Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And with that, let's do the uh, follow me. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Pinterest. Follow me on Twitch. Follow me on MySpace. What the hell is MySpace? Follow me on Musical.ly. Follow me on Reddit. Follow me on the sidewalk. Follow me on the road. Follow me on WhatsApp. Follow me on Daily Motion. Follow, 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 follow me. Joe, you said follow me on the sidewalk, right? (laughs) (laughs) T, who's your social media friend this week? She is a wonderful lady. She gives great commentary. Uh, The problem is she is at P-Y-S-H-I-E-H-A-K-E-I-T-T. She is a wife, a mother of five, an activist, activist, <laughs> to quote her, I love hard and live soft. <laughs> On TikTok, yes. On TikTok. All right. I'll put a link in the show notes to her. And uh, is there anything particularly that she said recently that made you pick her? Uh, she was um, actually talking about uh, um, Hunter Biden. Yes. And she would. She said, "I understand." And I quote her: "I understand people who have a history of addiction, but I also understand those that find a certain level of redemption." She said, "Pick out anyone in Congress. I guarantee you, at least one of them has someone that has an addiction problem, and they should be ashamed of themselves." Mm, okay. All right, all right. Uh, we'll go with Ty on TikTok, and I will put the link in the show notes over at timcorner.com. And we'll go to Seth. Who's your social media friend this week? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, my social media uh, presence of the week is is the website for the King Center. And, of course, that's the Martin Luther King Center And because MLK Day is on Monday. And uh, the King Center is not too far from my house, about a, a mile or so, and it's in the old Fourth Ward District here in Atlanta. And they do some amazing things, and I'll just read you a little bit about them from their website. It says, established in 1968 by Mrs. Coretta Scott King, the Martin Luther King Jr. Center for Nonviolent Social Change has been a global destination resource center and community institution for over a quarter of the century. And... <clears throat> 
excuse me, they they do just an amazing things and they have a whole outreach campaign and they have a place where you can go and learn about MLK and there's all kind of, there's exhibits and it's like a museum type deal. And it's, it's really great. And, um, it's, it's something that I donate to, uh, once a year in my annual donations. And I really believe in their mission and, um, I think they're doing great work. And so in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King, my social media recommendation is the King Center. All right. King Center, the King Center.org. And again, I'll put a link in the show notes and, Let's go to Adam. Who are you going with this week? I'm going with a classic. I'm going with Bob Seska, the Bob Seska on Threads. He's great. Uh, always yeah. love listening to his show. He's funny. He's a proud nerd. Very, very intelligent. And he's got great uh, people backing him up. Yeah. Uh, Buzz Burbank, of course, is, is my personal favorite. But uh, Judy Hamilton and T-Rex are great, too. Yeah. All right. The Bob Seska on Threads. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes. And let's go to Joe. My social media friend of the week is Jasmine, Representative Jasmine Crockett. She she rocks. <laughs> Not only does she rock, she's my new hero. Yeah. And let me tell you why. Because when it comes to putting the Republicans and exposing their their hypocrisy, she has mastered it. <laughs> she has yep. mastered it, mastered it, mastered it. And let me tell you, we need more people like jasmine crockett in the in in congress and i'll tell you and and coming from texas you know i i'm hoping that texas someday wakes up and finds out you know uh they should have stayed part of mexico right <laughs> you know what we should do we should get with lauren mayer and see if she'll do a ballad of jasmine crockett yeah she was i i just i just think you know if if all the other democrats out there had her backbone her her iq her her willingness to to tell the truth uh we'd be much farther ahead than we are now yeah well she she rocked in that hearing this week when when she she said when she said you know why he doesn't want to go into a private deposition because y'all lie because you're all (laughs) liars right and it's time we start just saying it you know what you guys are all liars (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. that's that's it and you know not to beat a dead horse but you know you know that i think that the most dangerous thing that's going on right now is our media and which is part of the reason why i don't bother with social media anymore i think the media in general is our problem because they're treating this like a horse race they're treating this like a regular campaign and it's not i'm telling you it's time the networks abandon this real journalism nonsense and tell the truth yeah, well, I mean, it's just, I mean, what was driving me nuts this week is just the breathless coverage of the Iowa caucus, as oh, if the Iowa caucus matters. I mean, look, who won the Iowa caucus in 2016? Ted Cruz. Who yeah. won the Iowa caucus in 2012? Rick Santorum. <laughs> yeah, President Rick Santorum. Remember his, his yeah. administration? Oh, yeah. yeah. Who won the yeah. Iowa caucus in 2008? Wasn't it? Um, There's like seven people. And three cows right. in Iowa. <laughs> For Christ's sake, what are we doing over there? And, and, and you know, it's 400 below zero, and these people are going to – these old people my age are going to go out there in 40 below zero and, and, and vote for – for God, orange Jesus. They've got nothing better to do. They should get greeters at Walmart. So oh, they should. Up. 
they should are, change their bibs in the nursing home is what they should be well, doing. I mean, the, you know, for Christ's sake, their bibs must be stained by now. You know, stop drooling on yourself and get real. Well, and get the bottom fun. line of it is, is that that the Democrats got rid of the caucus process. They, I guess, they do a primary just because they decided that it wasn't a fair de- democratic representation. Because no. you got to get in the room with a bunch of people and you all have to come to a decision. Nor is ninety percent Iowa. We, White we, Iowa. We decided to keep our caucus in our pants, and that's great. Hmm, right. <laughs> yeah, well, gonna, they could, they could stick us. Yeah, I was like 90% it. white. Like it's 92%. Yeah, it's 92%. Yeah, like, Caucasian. what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what? and this is, this is this, we're, we're spending any airtime on this when the other fucking guy is out in court uh, abusing the courts, getting away with bullshit. You know, golfing while he's a criminal, you know, and 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 we're we're, we're worried about fucking Iowa. Like, wake up, media. Well, the problem is they think. Oh, sorry. I want to take off Joe for a moment. Um, the all these polls. Please give these people other jobs to do. Polls are worthless. Obama was literally down in the poll up until about four months before the election. And I, you, maybe you can edit this out, but I've had about enough of all of these old media people, Morning Joe, Fox, carrying on about, oh, well, you know, threads and TikTok and these amateur people who know nothing about politics. Uh, these are the people that are supposed to be watching your show. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting with the times, it's time for you to go. Yeah, well, I mean. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. But part of the problem is, and Keith Olbermann points this out a lot, is that every major media outlet in this country has had the meeting. And by the meeting, he means, what the fuck do we do if Hitler gets reelected? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they think that if they suck up to him enough, he's not going to you know, put him in Gitmo. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, well, you nope. see, Adam, that's exactly the wrong meeting they're supposed to be having. The meeting they should have is, what do we do to stop him from being reelected? Well, yeah, but the problem is they don't, you know, they don't want, but they also don't want to risk losing access. Yep. Access to what? A dictator? Access to I mean, politicians. Let me tell you what access they're going to have. If he gets reelected, they're not going to have a network. They're going to have access to go after to them, put everything the Gitmo, they got. Uh, they're going to have access to the Gitmo uh, DFAC. Yeah, so, That's what, the, you know, so I get what you're saying. I agree with you, but I'm telling just you what say what, what's going on here. All the media has to say is that NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN endorsed Joseph Biden. Mm-hmm. Vote for Joseph Biden. Abandon this both sider. We got to be fair thing, you know. But then they lose be- because they they they're also in it for the ratings. Yeah. If, well, they're they're not going to have Joe, fucking ratings. Let okay. me tell you, Adam. They're not going to have fucking ratings Joe, if there's no if there's side. no network. <laughs> you I'm know. on your side. Yeah. I'm trying. Well, I know. I know. I understand. I'm trying to tell you what their their what their mental calculus is, which is if people tune out because it's because it's a supposedly a Joe Biden blowout, which by all rights it should be. The man has accomplished. So many great things. It should be a blowout. There should be no question. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean. They lose money. This is why it was stupid to profitize, to to make the news about profit. 
Yep. Well, that's just the way it is. So anyway, so we go back to uh, Joe's social media friend, your representative Jasmine Crockett on Facebook. I put a link in the show notes. And I went with this week with uh, Sue in Rockville. And uh, congratulations to her because she left for Australia yesterday. Good for her. <laughs> She's wow. getting out of the cold and heading to the summer over there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she posted, um, JoJo and Jers posted a picture of Mike Johnson next to a head of lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> and said, Maga Mike Johnson's turn, place your bets. And Sue said, I believe uh, Large Marge has already said she will run for speaker. If he's ousted, maybe he'll resign to spend more time monitoring his son's porn use. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, now we got three reports. <laughs> oh, ever since I upgraded to uh, Mac OS 14, the soundboard's acting kind of bizarre. But anyway, we'll give all our friends a and there was a tragedy last week, last Sunday on Meet the Press with Kristen Welker, because <laughs> she let Elise Stefanik come on, and this happened. Oh it did mark the three-year anniversary, and I want to pause for a minute and play some of the comments that you made on the evening of that day. Let's take a look. This has been a truly tragic day for America. Americans will always have the freedom of speech and the constitutional right to protest, but violence in any form is absolutely unacceptable. It is anti-American and must be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. In terms of what we're hearing today, former President Trump has referred to January 6th as a, quote, beautiful day. Just this weekend, he referred to some of those who are serving time for having stormed the Capitol as, quote, hostages. Do you still feel as though that day was tragic and that those who were responsible should be held responsible to the fullest extent of the law? Well, first of all, Kristen, as typical for NBC and the biased media, you played one excerpt of my speech. I stand by my comments that I made on the House floor. I stood up for election integrity and I challenged and objected to the certification of the state of Pennsylvania because of the unconstitutional overreach. So I absolutely stand by my floor speech. I am proud to support President Trump. And I want to correct another statement you made that there is no coordination with Joe Biden and the Department of Justice in prosecutions against President Trump. We just saw Hunter Biden defy a congressional subpoena no. and the White House admitting coordination with Joe Biden the morning of. That is coordination and I believe that Joe Biden will be found to be the most corrupt president in the, our nation's history and that's why all of the investigative work that we're doing is so so important because the American people they deserve transparency and accountability. A lot to unpack there of course the White House has said that Hunter Biden is acting unilaterally on the issue of election integrity though as you know Trump took his case to court more than 60 times that there was fraud he didn't win but i want to get back to this key question do you still think it was a tragic day do you think that the people who stormed the Capitol should be held responsible to the full extent of the I law. I have concerns about the treatment of January 6 hostages. Uh, I have concerns. We have oh a role boy. in Congress of oversight over our treatments of prisoners. Uh, and I believe that we're seeing the weaponization of the federal government against not just President Trump, but we're seeing it against conservatives. We're seeing it against Catholics. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so proud to serve on the Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Government, because the American people want answers. They want transparency. And they understand that as you look across this country, there seems to be two sets of rules. If your last name is Clinton or it's Biden, or Trump. you get to live by a different set of rules than if you're an everyday patriotic American. I've been 
clear, Kristen, if you go back and play the full speech I gave on the House floor, I condemn the violence just like I condemn the violence of the BLM riots, but I also importantly stood for election integrity and security of our elections, which if we don't have that, we do not have a democracy. Mm -hmm. So the real threat to our democracy is these baseless witch hunt investigations mm -hmm. and lawsuits against President Trump, whether it's Tish James or whether we see in the D.C. Circuit Court, and that is undemocratic and it's shredding our constitution. And you know who agrees with me, Kristen? The American people. That's no. why President <clears throat> Trump is winning in poll after poll no. against Joe Biden. The Justice no. Department has no. indicted a, a number of top-name Democrats as well, including the president's son, twice. So, I mean, a lot of critics would argue that undercuts your argument. There are two systems of justice. If you want to try to, if you, I want to answer you? that. If you want to, if you want to make that case, the American people are very smart. They know that they tried to give Hunter Biden a sweetheart deal. We've heard from multiple IRS. He's been indicted twice, Congresswoman. But it was That's because a of a, it was because of a judge that threw out a sweetheart deal that was negotiated on Joe Biden's behalf. Joe Biden and the Department of Justice have, yeah. have been withheld from going after the Biden crime family, which Joe Joe Biden sits atop of. Other, other, other top Democrats have been indicted as well, but I do we have a lot to get to, so I want to stay on track. Yeah. Right? Yes, way to, way to fold like a house of cards, Kristen. First of all, Hunter did not defy a congressional subpoena. He was offered the chance to testify either publicly or in a closed door deposition mm -hmm. he said sure publicly and uh james i beat my college boyfriend and made her get an abortion coma said you ain't can't do that right exactly uh t what were you gonna say t go ahead i'm sorry um no 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 <laughs> i'm sorry but she has got to go i mean i thought i've seen her do interviews before which got to it's gonna be a it's gonna be a breath breath of fresh air to get a real journalist, a real reporter, not the Yahoo that was in there for the last years and years. But she immediately went in there and fell on her sword. What was it? This is what we want you to say, and then we want you to sit there and nod your freaking head. Yeah, well, I mean, she was at this dinner at this steakhouse in in Wisconsin, in Madison, Wisconsin. You know that that was put on by. Stephen Miller and the Trump campaign. She was at the dinner with other journalists sitting across the table from them. It's do they, not, do they not remember what they went through when Trump was in office? All the name calling, all of the slandering, all of the um, the media is bad. They think yeah. he's not going to do that again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just crazy. Just crazy. But, you know, I mean, the fact that she let her come on there and make those ba baseless accusations about about you know that oh there was all this voter fraud there was 60 cases in court that they lost because they had no evidence of voter fraud yeah and fox news had to pay 780 million dollars to dominion over the lies of voter fraud and they may have to pay more to smartmatic cuz that case hasn't even come to come come to trial yet you know and, and I hope Smartmatic is smart and does not settle. And Rudy Destroy Freeman them. and Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss got 148 million from Rudy Giuliani. 
but she's coming on here and 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 talking about oh well I we these these states were unconstitutional in their voting and this and that and bullshit and then oh and and oh the Biden Biden or the you know Trump was the Biden's go, administration is going after Trump no Trump was indicted by grand juries of citizens. Yeah. He was not indicted by Joe Biden or or Jack Smith or Fannie Willis. There was a freaking grand jury made up of citizens just like us. So, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. and she just I let th- her come on there. And then the whole thing about calling the the January 6th prisoners, calling them hostages yeah. like Trump is. I mean, could she get her tongue any further up his butt? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see her concerned about uh, the 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 uh, treatment of prisoners when it's just regular, you know, black people or anybody for that matter. It's like all of a sudden now you're concerned about prisoner well-being. Uh, yeah, that's that's great because because of what they overrun the Capitol trying to turn the election for Trump. Now now all of a sudden you're you concerned about prisoner rights? Right. Yeah, I don't buy it. Yeah, and and <laughs> the not... other thing too is this whole thing of them trying to whitewash January 6. You know, we all watched it on TV. You think we're stupid? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, really? <laughs> I'm I'm and why didn't Kristen Welker say, "You mean felons? <laughs> you mean convicted felons?" when she called them hostages? <laughs> Jesus. No, why didn't she say, uh, oh, you mean Antifa? You mean BLM? Because for the first three years, you kept saying it was BLM and Antifa. So now they're hostages? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. That's a good point. Yep. Yep. So anyway, and then uh, uh, Liz Cheney was on uh, CBS Face the Nation. We have other Republican candidates for president, like Ron DeSantis, who have said they are open to reviewing the cases against these defendants and considering pardons for them. Look, you know, the president has has pardon power and pardon authority. I think that uh, it's a very important piece that people ought to consider when they're thinking about for whom they're going to vote. Someone who says that they would pardon individuals who assaulted the Capitol, who attempted to stop a constitutional process, uh, who uh, assaulted police officers. I mean, it was a bloody battle. I had police officers, one, tell me that it was it was like medieval hand to hand combat. Uh, the notion that the Republican Party would continue its efforts to whitewash that day mm-hmm. when the, the peaceful transition of power is at the core of the survival of our republic yeah. tells you that they're unfit for office. That's right. We have other Republican candidates for president, like Ron DeSantis, who have said they are open to reviewing the cases against these defendants. And consi- Sorry, that repeated again. But yeah, I mean, she's right. Nikki Haley has come out and said if she's elected, if she became president, she would pardon Trump. You know, I mean, she couldn't pardon him in Georgia, but she could pardon him on the federal cases, you know, and say, oh, it's perfectly fine for him to take classified documents home with him and put him in a bathroom. (laughs) Well, meanwhile, foreign nationals are roving all over your property, you know. So anyway, (laughs) but uh, and then um, Morning Joe, we're uh, calling him out, too. Well, the Times had had a great rundown of what happened after Trump lost, what happened on January the 6th, how Trump was pushed to the side and how by one by one by one they all folded. And now we're seeing in the media, we're now seeing in the media because they want to get close to Donald Trump and some media people, I guess, want to have access to him on the campaign trail. These these 
uh, Republicans. I mean, and, can and, you call and, them and Republicans? I, I don't know what you call them, actually, when they're quoting Hitler uh, and they're channeling Hitler. But, right. but, but be fascists. that as it may, um, the transformation... It, it, it keeps going. And, and now we're seeing the rise once again and expect to see it in all the same spots we saw it in 2020 um, in that campaign. The rise of the anti-anti-Trump forces who say, if you hold Donald Trump to account for stealing nuclear secrets, you have Trump derangement syndrome. A New York Times columnist actually this Sunday going, oh, but, 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 but if if you actually read the Constitution the way the Constitution should be, you, people will look back for centuries and say, this is the moment American democracy died. Because, you know, you think about those left-wing radicals that are doing this. You think about those freaks at the Federalist Society, those left-wing marks that wait. Um, I'm sorry, not wait. They're really conservative legal scholars. But that judge alluded who's been at the center of every left-wing, radical, harebrained, progressive... <laughs> wait a second. No. Nope. Oh, wait a second. These are constitutional conservatives who are saying this, and yet you're seeing op-eds in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times saying, if you actually hold Donald Trump to account like you'd hold any other politician, it's only going to make him... Sorry, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? This is the Obi-Wan Kenobi trick. Strike me down, constitutionalists, and I, Trump, will only become more... No, it's not that way. There you go, right? <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just ridiculous. You saw Judge Ingeron got a death threat, or a bomb threat, at his yep. house this week. Because they know that if they get caught, they're going to get off easy. You know, that's why you got to throw the book at the fuckers. It's oh, nuts. you called it a bomb threat? You're going to prison for life. And oh, by the way, we're not going to protect you if someone tries to shank you. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just getting ridiculous. It's just stupid. I, I mean, every day when I turn on the news, it's just like, is it, I'm just going to be like you, Joe. Turn on, is he dead? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm convinced there's only two ways this is going to end up this year is either we beat him at the ballot box. Or he has a massive coronary. Right. <laughs> I'm reading, rooting for can the I, latter. Can I, can I, is it twitch I'm rooting both? for the latter. But, uh, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, if you, if I, I guess I have Mueller syndrome. Mm, if anybody yeah, is yeah. waiting for any of these cases to come up before Election Day, you're going to be vastly disappointed. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I want both. I'll settle for both coronary and. And electoral defeat. You know, it would be best is if he gets elected in November and then has a coronary that night. Well, it depends. If he picks Tucker Carlson for his vice president. <laughs> okay. Right? <laughs> or, or Elise Stefanik or Carrie Lake. Oh, geez. Jesus, Carrie Lake or, or whoever. Yeah. He said he knows who he's going to pick for his vice presidential running mate. Yeah, and, and everybody so, believes him. And nobody won't say who it is, right? So... Yeah, like like we're waiting for his health care uh, proposals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, and his infrastructure week. Oh, right. Exactly right. Exactly. So anyway, and then uh, Jen Psaki had a little bit to say, too. Okay. I really believe that sometimes we all just need to acknowledge how insane this moment we're living in really is. Think about it this way. Friday was, of course, January 5th. 
One right. day before the third anniversary of the January 6th insurrection incited by the former president. It was also the same day as a major speech by the sitting president about the danger that the former president still poses to democracy. And then, on that same day, the United States Supreme Court announced it will hear a case on whether that former president can even be on the ballot because of his role in the insurrection. All in one day. It's also important not to lose sight of how we arrived at this moment and why we arrived at this moment. The Supreme Court is taking up this unprecedented case because of the unprecedented actions of Donald Trump. That's why. And we're going to spend lots of time today talking about the specifics of that case and about the 14th Amendment. But even if the justices do leave Donald Trump on the ballot, his position as the pro-insurrection candidate isn't really in doubt, is it? I mean, take Trump's appeal to the Supreme Court earlier this week. Andrew Weissman, who's going to join me later in the show, tweeted this about that filing. Any normal person would lead this brief by saying, I did not engage in insurrection. But since Trump is embracing that conduct and not condemning it, he relegates that to a later aside. That's exactly the point. The justices very well may leave him on the ballot. We don't know. But Trump isn't even denying the core argument against him. He's not running from the insurrection. He's embracing it. He has called January 6th a beautiful day. He's referred to the rioters as patriots. He has said he will pardon many of them. He's even played a version of the Star-Spangled Banner sung by imprisoned insurrectionists at his rallies. Mm -hmm. Just this weekend, three years to the day since he incited that violent mob, he called on President Biden to release the January 6th hostages, as he called them. And that's exactly the point that President Biden made in his speech on Friday, that this race is between someone who supports what happened that day and someone who does not. That's what it's about. And that contrast should tell the American people what kind of president each of them would be. Right. Donald Trump's campaign is about him, not America, not you. Donald Trump's campaign is obsessed with the past, not the future. He's willing to sacrifice our democracy, put himself in power. Trump won't do what an American president must do. He refuses to denounce political violence. So hear me clearly. I'll say what Donald Trump won't. Political violence is never, ever acceptable in the United States political system. Never, never, never. It has no place in a democracy, none. You can't be pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. You can't be pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. That's pretty straightforward. So yes, the insurrection was three years ago, but it is not in our past. It is very much a part of our present and our future, depending on what happens. It's already become a centerpiece of the 2024 campaign. Both Donald Trump and Joe Biden are essentially running on January 6th, but in vastly different ways. One looks at the events of that day, the death, the destruction, the literal and figurative attack on the rule of law, and celebrates it. And one is firmly against it. One stands with the Constitution, and one said he wants to suspend it. One supports democracy, and one ignores it. One embraces political violence, and one rejects it. That is really what it all boils down to. And this weekend has served as an important reminder of that. Amen. Right? Okay. There you have it, right there. So, Amen. Amen. I mean, it's just Amen. It, and Amen. people need to wake up. People need to wake up to the fact that this fucker gets in again. He will not leave the White House. That's right, guaranteed. 
Because the instant he no longer has the power, the protection of the Oval Office, he knows he's going to be in jail for the rest of his miserable, hopefully short life. Yeah. All right. Well, you he remember- is going to dig in like a tick. Remember when he was president? Remember when he was president and he kept like talking about how he could run for a third term? Yeah. Yeah. He th- he he says it's because oh they did all these investigations on me. Well then guess what? Clinton Obama entitled the the third terms too. Right. Yeah. Because all the investigations into what into them were bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, President Biden speaking at uh, Mother Emanuel Church. That's why I tell me again they lost in every court of law that challenged results. Sixty losses in courts of America. There's one thing they don't have. They don't have respect for the 81 million people who voted the other way. Voted for my candidacy. Okay. Yeah. And voted to end the presidency. In their world, these Americans, including you, don't count. But that's not the real world. That's not democracy. That's not America. In America, we all count. In America, we witness to serve all those who, in fact, participate. And losers are taught to concede when they lose. He's a loser. Yeah, there you go. Ah. Then we all came together to put the country before ourselves. The lies that led to January 6th are part of a broader attack on the truth of America today that we all have seen before. The same movement that throughout the mob, the United States Capitol isn't just trying to rewrite history, January 6th, they're trying to determine to erase history and your future. Banning books, denying your right to vote and have it counted, destroying diversity, equality, Inclusion all across America, harboring hate and replacing hope with anger and resentment and dangerous view of America. That narrow view of America, zero-sum view of America that says, if you win, I lose. If you succeed, it must be I fail. If you get ahead, I fall behind. And maybe worst of all, if I hold you down, I lift myself up. That's not new in America. Every stride forward has often been met with ferocious backlashes from those who fear the progress, from those who exploit that fear for their own personal gain, from those who traffic in lies told for profit and power. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. You know, you know, one thing that gets me when they talk about the so-called January 6 hostages is a lot of these folks pleaded guilty, you know, and a lot of them are on the record saying that they were doing it at the behest of Donald Trump. You know, he, he told them to do it. What they did was wrong. They know they did was wrong. Even they shouldn't have listened to him and they pled guilty, you mm-hmm. know. And then of the ones that didn't plead guilty that still got convicted, a jury found them guilty. Right. So, I mean, this whole notion that they're hostages is ridiculous. They went through the, you know, the Justice Department and it went through its course and they were found guilty and they're in jail. They're not hostages. I think think the problem problem here is, again, and I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but the media – 
remember that the average 90% of the people, we marinate in this stuff. Mm-hmm. You, Tim, you know, Seth, you know, uh, uh, we, we all marinate in this stuff. But we're like 10% of the population. 90% of the population are going about their business, and they only casually hear a few lines that they may look at on CNN or CBS News at night. And they're hearing this both sides stuff, and they're hearing all all this stuff about hostages and how they were unfairly treated and all this stuff. And they don't they don't understand they they don't delve into this, and it, it's yeah. reflected in the polls we see. You know, because they're not really paying attention. And here's the thing: I go into lives over on TikTok, and I have Trumplicans, the cultists, come in, and they'll start talking about. Oh, this person there, it's terrible. They're being held hostage. They were railroaded. And then we go online and literally search their um, criminal background and say, hey, did you know they have a previous conviction for assault or um, for grand theft or um, one in one mm. case it was actually for um, SA? And they were like, mm. uh, uh, yeah, that person that you're rebel rousing is a good American. Yeah, they were criminal before they ever showed up, and they mm-hmm. followed what Trump told them. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and my point is that, T, how many people, average person, goes to the trouble that you do every day to expose this stuff? They don't care. They see what's on the news, and that's it. And they see five or ten minutes of it every day. Maybe. This is what worries me. The electorate is not educated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, they're probably more interested in, you know, watching Big Brother and... and well, they're, they're, and they're more those, worried that, whatever, that the eggs bachelor, cost three cents more a dozen than they did last year. Than they are whether there's going to be fucking eggs there at all. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, and then, Joe, to set you up here for the clown car, uh, we, we watched... Uh, or we saw the the or heard the arguments before the uh, the DC appeals court uh, by John Sauer, who his voice is like <laughs> nails on a chalkboard or fingernails on a chalkboard. Oh my gosh! But this argument is unbelievable. And so, in your view, could a president sell pardons or sell military secrets? Those are official acts, right? It's an official act to grant a pardon. It's an official act to communicate with a foreign government. And such a president would not be subject to criminal prosecution? Uh, The sale of pardons example is an excellent example because there were allegations about a sale of a pardon, essentially, when it came to President Clinton's uh, pardon of Mark Rich and the U.S. DOJ carefully and for the very reasons we've emphasized in our brief, decided not to prosecute President Clinton with that because it raised concerns about whether or not a president can be prosecuted for his official acts. There's actually an op-ed in the National Review from Arthur Andrew. But, but your position is that he can't be prosecuted for that unless yeah. he's impeached. Yeah. And that was as long as it's an official act. I mean, in certain cases, purely private conduct under Clinton against Jones, he'd be subject to prosecution for that as long as he's not in office. Could, but could as long as it's official act. Could a president order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival? That's an official act in order to seal Team Six. He, he would have to be and would speedily be, you know, uh, uh, impeached and convicted before the criminal what prosecution. If what if proceed. he weren't? There would be no criminal prosecution, no criminal liability for that. 
Chief Justice's opinion in Marbury against Madison and uh, uh, and our Constitution tradition and the plain language of the impeachment judgment clause all clearly presuppose that what the founders were concerned about was not. I asked you a yes no yes or no question. Could a president say who yes ordered or no, Seal Team Six to assassinate a political rival who was not impeached? Would he be subject to criminal prosecution? If he were impeached and convicted first. And so, so your answer is, is, no. is my answer is qualified. Yes, there is a political process that would have to occur under our, the structure of our Constitution, which would require impeachment and conviction by the Senate. In these exceptional cases, as the OLC memo itself points out from the Department of Justice, you'd expect a speedy impeachment and conviction. But what the founders were much more worried about than using criminal prosecution to discipline presidents was what uh, James Madison calls in Federalist Number 47, the, you know, the, the newfangled and artificial treasons. They were much more concerned about the abuse of the criminal process for political purposes to disable the presidency from factions and political opponents. And of course, that's exactly what we see in this case. I've, I've asked you a, a series of hypotheticals about criminal actions that could be taken by a president and could be considered official acts. And I've asked you, would such a president be subject to criminal prosecution if he's not impeached or convicted? And your answer, your yes or no answer is no. I, I believe I said qualified yes if he's impeached and convicted first. Uh, we may my be saying my question the same was thing. okay, so he's not impeached or conviction and convicted. Let's put that aside. You're saying a president could sell pardons, could sell military secrets, could order SEAL Team Six to assassinate a, a political rival. Sale of military secrets strikes me as something that might not be held to be an official act. The sale of pardons is something that's come up historically okay. and was not prosecuted. But your brief so, says that communicating with an executive branch agency is an official act. And communicating with a foreign government is an official act. That's what presidents do. They're very strange situation. Those are very strange examples of potential official acts. If you look at what Chief Justice Mitchell said in against medicine, he said, rising directly under Article Two, Section that the uh, uh, the courts, that the president's official acts are, quote, never examinable by the courts. And he says it like four different times on pages 164 to 166. Well, let me ask you about that. Well, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah there's, there's no line. way there's no way the court is going to be like, yeah, where we agree with this schmuck. Um, here's the thing. There's one logical question, and it drives me nuts that I, you know, I don't hear these judges asking. It's like if a president can't – if a pre former or current president cannot be prosecuted for acts committed in office – why did Richard Nixon need a fucking pardon? Right? It's a right. Exactly. Exactly. So the fact that Nixon asked Ford for a pardon proves he knew he was subject to criminal prosecution. Yeah. Well, I mean, bing, it's just bing, boom. I just solved the problem. There you go. And of course, they're not going to rule this. You know, I mean, any I mean, it was laughable. Everybody was laughing at the at that at that uh, lawyer, um, you know, uh, John Sauer. Crunchy voice. Yeah, I mean, it's just his argument is ridiculous. Yeah, and give up the cigarettes already. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he wouldn't answer the. I saw. I read an article about this, and I think somebody actually counted, and the judge asked him the same question six times. And he just kept dancing around it and never would give a straight answer. Right. And that just goes to show you that he didn't really have a good argument to make. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joe, yeah. we ready to go down and see what's happening in the Clonger Garage? Sure. Sure. All right. Let's do it. I brought my Bible. 
Somebody said to me the other day, you're the most famous person in the world by far. I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. They said, yes, you are. I said, no. They said, who's more famous? I said, Jesus Christ. I'm wondering what one or two of your most favorite Bible uh, verses are. Well, and why. I, I wouldn't want to get into it. How has your faith grown <laughs> since you decided in 2015 to run for president? Well, I had a wonderful, I had a wonderful life before all this. Where do you draw your strength from? We're talking about faith. I have the highest poll numbers. I'm Presbyterian, <laughs> boy. And during the during the Sundays, I'm a Sunday church person. I like uh -huh. to do the right thing, where I don't have to actually ask for forgiveness. And when I drink my little wine, which is about the only wine I drink, and have my little cracker. Drink the wine, <laughs> drink, I, I eat the cracker. I can understand the evangelicals to a certain extent saying, well, maybe he's not as nice as we want him to be, but maybe he's not as perfect on the Bible. I get sent Bibles by a lot of people. Where yes, are all those Bibles anyhow lot. now? <laughs> well, actually, we, we keep them in a certain place, a very, very nice place. A very nice place. <laughs> Nothing beats the Bible, not even the art of the deal. I am the chosen one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. Joe. <laughs> oh God. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of, have you seen that? Have you seen that ad? That that Donald Trump is God's chosen leader. <laughs> Yes, I, I did see that, and uh, it's uh, what inspired my clown car this week. Uh, okay. Yes, because uh, you know it's been a rough week in court for uh, for the Donald, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Tuesday, he argued that the president has absolute immunity for prosecution, as you heard, uh, for any crimes he committed acting as president, including blocking White House toilets after his egg McMuffin and sausage. Mm. But then he stunned the three-judge panel, as you heard, with the claim that the president of the United States could order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate political rivals. Right. <laughs> By the way, Joe, are you paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> you know where SEAL Team Biden, 6, right? <laughs> 6 is right now? <laughs> I give him a call. Anyway, none of these arguments seem to sit well with the judges, and one of them uh, – had to have her eyes, eyes treated after hearing because she was rolling her eyes so much. <laughs> it just seems that the latest delay tactic by the Trumpy Dumpty's legal team was as popular as kale at a Mar-a-Lago buffet. Right. Yeah, that that's still sitting there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to sit there a long time. Well, the Clown Car Update did some digging, and according to sources close to the Trump legal team thinking – and I'm using the term thinking very loosely. <laughs> uh, they do have one more tactic up their crack pipes that might make his case. <laughs> they call it, and, and it's called the Jesus defense. Okay. Because the legal theory goes like this. Trump's, uh, they, they, they plan to argue that uh, the charges that Jack Smith brought against their clients are not only crimes, they're sins right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and since jesus christ already died for our sins good friday well any crimes <laughs> to be alleged that have been committed by orange jesus have been already pardoned by jewish jesus two thousand mm -hmm. years ago <laughs> two thousand years ago therefore to have a trial now would triple jeopardy because trump was acquitted by the senate and before that acquitted by Pontius pilot oh okay yeah so trump's attorney John Sauer, who, by the way, should give up smoking, argued 
that permitting Smith's case to proceed would trigger a Bible-shattering cycle of recriminatory crucifixions. Okay. (laughs) Citing the precedent set in the case of Rome v. Jesus, Sauer plans to claim that in Rome, the case establishes that only sins committed before Jesus' crucifixion can be charged by the DOJ, and clearly President Trump's case is post-crucifixion. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jesus clearly pardoned President Trump 2,000 years ago. So besides triple jeopardy, these charges are 1,995 years beyond the statute of limitations. <laughs> okay. And the case must be thrown out like ketchup at the walls of the White House dining room. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Now, legal experts we consulted by the uh, uh, disagreed, and uh, they call this legal theory biblical biblical camel dung. Right. <laughs> now, here's what Andrew, Andrew Weissman said, he, who's the former Mueller prosecutor uh, and and MSNBC legal analyst. He said, "If you believe this is a real legal theory, I have a leaky ark to sell you." <laughs> And Joyce Vance added that you don't have to be an Israelite to figure out that this is definitely wandering in the desert. Right. (laughs) And I think Neil Katyal had the best take on this when he said, this is literally a Hail Mary. (laughs) (laughs) More like a fail Mary. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. well, whatever. You know what bothers me? That was great, Joe. This whole case is this. Not that he's going to win because obviously no court, not not even the Supreme Court is going to agree with this. What bothers me is we're not going to hear about the, the final say on this until June. That's what bothers me. No, I don't think yeah. so. They, they said I, I don't know. Best case scenario is that, first of all, we hear from the appeals court within the week or next week or two. So now we lost like a month. And then... Let's say they rule against him. That's the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then he's going to say, I want an en banc hearing. Yeah. Now, best case scenario there is that a week later after he asked for that, they, they say, no, we're not going to do that. Worst case scenario is they do take it en banc, which we've lost now another month. Okay. And then let's say, well, as we all expect, that the en banc, the whole the whole justice system says no then he'll appeal to the supreme court who will have a hearing maybe a month later maybe if they take the case if they take the case and best case they don't but it takes like another two weeks for them to say no we're not going to take it up we're already into april may and then we start jury selection i mean you see where this is going yeah well i can say you know i mean who knows we may not see any of these cases before the november election just because of the delays, but you know, I mean, speaking of you, you mentioned you know Neil Katyal and and Andrew Wiseman and Joyce Vance and all of them, you know, they're all they're all speculating that that the re- arguments were so bad um, by Sauer that that the Supreme, if they you know after the the appeals court rules, that the Supreme Court may, if he appeals it to them, may just deny to pick up the case just because it's sure. so stupid. Sure, that's the best case the best case scenario is they say right off the bat this that the, the, the DC circuit says nope and their reasoning is so powerful that 
the Supreme Court says, you know what, this isn't worth our time right now. Well, they've, and also they've got so much other stuff on their docket. Plus, they agreed to take up his, you know, being thrown in, off the ballot in, in, in February, Colorado. Yeah. yeah. But but that's the best case scenario. Worst cases, and and what came up during this hearing, if you guys were paying attention to this hearing, is that they may remand it back to Chutkin. Yeah. Oh I, I don't my think, God! I don't think if that's they do happen. that, this case is dead in the water. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. Let's hope not. Yeah. So, but they also said that you know he would have forty-five days to where he could ask for an en banc and then 90 days to hear the Supreme Court to appeal, you know, he can appeal. But mm. they said they could also shorten that so, and lift the stay so that the, the check can, can continue on, you know, in, in preparation for the trial and get it back on track. You know, they could say you can limit, you have to appeal within five days and the stay's lifted and then, and then they can start filing all their motions and doing all the stuff again. And not, not reinstate that stay, even if he files an appeal and say, right. nope, while your appeal goes forward, this stay stays. in Because, you know, really, this is what they call a interlocutory appeal. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's appealing something that hasn't been tried yet by a right. jury. Exactly. Right. They could send it back and say, you know, you can't, you can't appeal this until after the case is over. Right. Or they could use that as the reasoning for not reinstating the stay. Mm-hmm. So, well, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. So, uh, yeah. well, but that I was mean, a great we, we, we know that the Supreme Court is not going to rubber stamp this. The president can do whatever the fuck he wants thing. And it's not because they suddenly discovered ethics or, you know, the Constitution. It's because, because there's one simple reason. And, and it's the reason why the Supreme Court hasn't taken any of his crap. Mm-hmm. It's because they don't need him anymore. They got their crazy right wing, super batshit crazy majority. They don't need him anymore. Because even if Thomas died right now, God, are you listening? (laughs) Uh, They still have a 5-4 majority, worst case scenario. Yeah. Right? Um, They don't need him anymore. They got what they want from him. They want him to go away as much as the rest of us do, but they want him to go away so he's not drawing attention to their crazy right-wing agenda, which is basically to turn America into Gilead. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I mean, they, I mean, they could they could say he's not qualified because of J6, and and they could basically take his campaign out and say that even if he won the election, he can't be he can't be you know inaugurated because he's unqualified. I don't think it'll happen. But they they could do that and just make him, him the problem go away forever. But I don't well, think that's going to happen. We, but can we do this hypothetical? Mm-hmm. If that happens, who's for the Republican Party? Because um, we got Nikki Haley, who doesn't understand about the Civil War. We've yeah. got Reverend Swami, who is a complete idiot, and we've got we've got DeSantis, who come on, he's a fascist. Is his lips. Okay, yeah. I, I got one thing about that, which is Nikki Haley knows about the Civil War. She also knows she can't say it because it'll piss off the racists that form the base of the Republican Party. Right. She knows what the Civil War was about. Exactly. She's not an idiot. She's just a fascist. Yeah. Well, and um, uh, CNN had uh, Elliot Williams on to talk about this, uh, the 
the uh, appeals court hearing there. Elliot, so I want to start with this idea presented by Trump's lawyers that a president is immune from any charges relating to official duties, including carrying out an assassination against a political rival, um, unless the president was convicted or impeached and convicted by Congress first. Does this make any sense to you from a legal perspective? Oh, not at all. Okay. Uh, let's just be blunt here and look. And, I, and I've been a lawyer for a while, watched a lot of appeals, and that was the moment when you watch and say, wow, you have lost these judges. And, and I don't think Trump's team is getting them back. Look, you know, there's a really good argument made that in the looking back at President Ford and Nixon, this idea that Ford had to pardon Nixon after his crimes inherently means that there's, a re there's been a recognition before that a president can be held accountable for crimes. If that were the case, Ford wouldn't needed to have had to pardon Nixon. So this whole idea that there's this fear of conduct that somehow presidents are immune from is just ludicrous. And Judge Pan, Florence Panaday, was the one that really picked on it. And they didn't have an answer for it, because there is no answer for it. You cannot credibly say that a president could call in a drone strike against uh, a peer or, an, or a political candidate and not face political accountability for it simply by resigning. So I think that's where they lost. Yeah, well, yeah, so exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's it. The thing is, is, you know, that he could he has to be impeached by the Senate in, in order to be held accountable in the courts. But he could take out, you know, three senators so that he doesn't get impeached and not be held accountable for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the, uh, the, the, the other guy um, in that case who was talking to the judge, um, uh, not Trump's people, but the other lawyer the, yeah. was saying, so are you, are you saying that – so basically what could happen is the president could commit these acts, these assassinations, whatever, resign before an impeachment could take place, and he's scot-free. Right. Is, that, is that is that what you're saying? Because it sounds like you know that's what you're saying, and um, you know I mean that that's just how ridiculous the whole point is. Mm -hmm. And um, to take it a little bit further, my two cents on the Supreme Court as far as immunity for Trump is concerned is, you know I I don't think they're going to give up. I don't think they're going to make a ruling that's going to jeopardize their power or their authority. Absolutely not. You know, I just don't think they are. And the thing is, I don't think that when it comes down all the way down to it, it's not about Trump or it's not necessarily about Trump specifically. But it's like if a ruling were to come into play where a president could have more take their power away, I don't think they're going to rule in that direction. They're just not. And it. It doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat or whoever. They're just not going to do that. Right. I think that's my take. Yeah. 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 So anyway, moving on to another topic. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Did you see Aaron Rodgers uh, on an ESPN radio show said that uh, he said that that Jimmy Kimmel would be embarrassed when the Epstein list came out. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel kind of called him out for that. First show of... Um of 2024, which is already a crazy year, particularly for me. Uh, I, 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 did you hear this story about me and Aaron Rodgers, the former quarterback for the Packers? All right, so uh, what happened is he's a Jets quarterback now. He went on a show on ESPN, the Pat McAfee show, and out of the blue insinuated that I was nervous because the Jeffrey Epstein list was coming out. He said I was hoping it wouldn't and that he was going to pop a bottle of something to celebrate when he did, and then it did come out, and of course my name wasn't on it, and isn't on it, and won't ever be on. I don't know Jeffrey Epstein, I've never met Jeffrey Epstein, I'm not on a list, I was not on a plane or an island or anything ever, and I suggested that if Aaron wanted to make false and very damaging statements like that, that we should do it in court so 
he could mm-hmm. share his proof with like a judge because you know when you hear a guy who won a Super Bowl and did the, all the State Farm commercials say something like this, a lot of people believe it. A lot of delusional mm-hmm. people yeah. honestly believe I am meeting up with Tom Hanks and Oprah at Shakey's once a week to eat pizza and drink the blood of children. And I know this because I hear from these people often. My wife hears from them. My kids hear from them. My poor mailman hears from these people. And now we're hearing from lots more of them, thanks to Aaron Rodgers, who I guess believes one of two things. Either he actually believes my name was going to be on Epstein's list, which is insane, or the more likely scenario is he doesn't actually believe that. He just said it because he's mad at me for making fun of his top knot and his lies about being vaccinated. I get, he's particularly upset, I think, because I made fun of the fact that he floated this wacko idea that the UFO sightings that were in the news in February were being reported to distract us from the Epstein list. That was Aaron's oh, theory that he shared, and I mocked. Well, let me show you the moment that so badly bruised Aaron's Thanksgiving Day parade-sized ego. <laughs> Needless to say, all this UFO talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild, including Green Bay whack packer Aaron Rodgers, who offered... This hot take on the Pat McAfee show. I, I believe that this has been going on for a long time. Interesting uh, timing on everything. There's a lot of other things going on in the world. Did you hear about the Epstein client list uh, about to be released too? What's that? What are you talking about? There's some files that have, have some names on it that might be uh, getting released pretty soon. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Might be time to revisit that concussion protocol, Aaron. <laughs> so he saw that, and maybe to retaliate, he decided to insinuate that I am a pedophile. This is how these nuts do it now. You don't like Trump? You're a pedophile. It's their go-to move, and it shows you how much they actually care about pedophilia. But here's the thing. I spent years doing sports. I've seen guys like him before. Aaron Rodgers has a very high opinion of himself because he had success on the football field. He believes himself to be an extraordinary being. He genuinely thinks that because God gave him the ability to throw a ball, he's smarter than everyone else. (laughs) The idea that his brain is just average is unfathomable to him. We learned during COVID, somehow he knows more about science than scientists. A guy who went to community college, then got into Cal on a football scholarship and didn't graduate, someone who never spent a minute studying the human body is an expert in the field of immunology. He just put on a, he put on a magic helmet and he, that G made him a genius. It's, uh, Aaron got two A's on his report card. They were both in the word Aaron, okay? <laughs> That's a good one. Oh. Don't get me wrong, I, I like what Jimmy Kimmel was saying. It's funny. What I want to see is a libel suit. Or is it, yeah. it or, no, he, I want, he I want, you know, because Aaron Rodgers clearly um, committed, well, wait, libel is written, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, Keith Olbermann was pointing out that they both work for ABC, or for uh, Disney. Because yeah, ESPN, well, yeah, but- ESPN owns ABC, uh, ESPN and ABC are both owned by Disney. Yeah, so. but I'm just saying, I want, I want Jimmy Kimmel to whip out his Death Star, sue this guy for every penny he has, make his children's 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 be slaves to the Kimmel family for all eternity because they owe him that much money. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I mean, he roasted him on his show. (laughs) And then they said that Aaron Rodgers got fired from that whatever Pat, whatever show he was on. And uh, but then he was back on Friday. So I don't know. 
We'll have to wait and see. Keith will keep us informed. <laughs> he 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 follows the sports ball. <laughs> so anyway, and then um, Hunter Biden, boom, man, <laughs> showed up at a hearing <laughs> where they were going to hold him in contempt for uh, for not coming in for or for, for defying a, a congressional subpoena, and uh, he walked right in and sat down, man. <laughs> I said, bang, man, when I saw that. So Yeah, and then it's like, you don't have any balls. It's like, shut up. Yeah, well, Just shut up. I, I'm, I'm going to play one clip here of Representative Jared Moskowitz. Mr. Moskowitz, for five minutes. Oh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. It's good to see you after a long break. So I'm listening to the gentlelady from South Carolina about the witness being afraid to come in front of the committee. It's interesting. He's here. He doesn't seem to be too afraid. In fact, for some reason, the chairman, who on multiple occasions invited the witness to come on TV, so apparently the chairman wants to pretend like his statements on television or in interviews don't matter, but it didn't happen once. It didn't happen twice. It happened multiple times. The chairman said the witness can choose whether to come to a deposition or to a public hearing in front of the committee. The witness accepted the chairman's invitation. It just so happens the witness is here. If the committee wants to hear from the witness and the chairman gave the witness that option, then the only folks that are afraid to hear from the witness with the American people watching, are my friends on the other side of the aisle. I don't know if there's a proper motion, Mr. Chairman, but I'll make a motion. Let's vote. Let's take a vote. Who wants to hear from Hunter right now, today? Anyone? Come on. Who wants to hear from Hunter? The motion's out of order. No one. So, I'm a visual learner, and the visual is clear. Nobody over there wants to hear from the witness. Oh, there's one, thank you. Will you yield for a question? I'm not there yet, but I will eventually. Uh, so there's no one, well, other than one or two, that want to hear from the witness. So the majority of my colleagues over there, including the chairman, don't want to hear from the witness with the American people watching. Right. So, Mr. Chairman, are, I, I just want to hear from you. Will you acknowledge that you invited the witness on television to choose whether he could come to a public hearing, and do you stand by your words, or do you renege that invitation to the witness? To answer the question I've said repeatedly, the, after the deposition, Mr. Biden can come in front of a public hearing. Mr. Chairman, I don't want to play the video, but that is not what you said on television multiple times. And we have the quotes. We can put them up. You said the witness can choose between a deposition Listen, or- Mr. Moskowitz, Mr. Biden doesn't make the rules. We make the no, rules. That, no, uh, Mr. Chairman, you make the rules. And the rule you made is that he can choose. I, that, those, the rule is... Those were your, those were your words. Reclaiming we, my he time. He was issued two lawful subpoenas. Re reclaiming my time, Mr. Chairman. No, you issued those subpoenas after he took you up on your invitation to come 
And then you were like, oh no, no, oh my God, what did, we, what did I do? I invited him to come so the American people can hear his side of the story. I put my foot in my mouth, so now I must bury him in the basement where mm-hmm. we can decide what we're gonna release to the public so that we can continue to tell that story. Mr. Chairman, you have said multiple times that this is not about Hunter. It's about Joe Biden. And even this morning on Mornings with Maria, she asked another simple question. The question you have been asked multiple times, which is, do you have evidence to impeach the President of the United States? Before you said, I hope so. Today you said, I think so. And the answer is, you don't. You don't. And you still don't. And so we continue to be here and have these charades. To my colleagues who talk about lawful subpoenas, I appreciate the gentlelady's the gentlelady from South Carolina who voted to, to hold people in contempt. Listen, I'll, I'll make this bipartisan. I'll vote for the Hunter contempt today. You can get my vote. You can get my vote. But I want you to show the American people that you're serious. Here is the subpoena to Representative Scott Perry, who did not comply. I'd like to enter this into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mark Meadows. I'd like to enter this into the record, who did not comply. Here is the subpoena to Jim Jordan, who did not comply with a lawful subpoena. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mo Brooks, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mr. Biggs, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. And here's the subpoena to Mr. McCarthy, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. There's an amendment coming to add some of those names into the contempt order. You vote to add those names and show the American people that we apply the law equally, not just when it's Democrats, right? It's a crime when it's Democrats, but when it's Trump and the Republicans, it's just fine. No, show that you're serious and that everyone is not above the law. Vote for that amendment, and I'll vote for the Hunter Biden contempt. I yield back. Hmm. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. And boom, boom shakalaka goes right there. Yes. Point of order. Those subpoenas they issued to Hunter Biden were not lawful subpoenas because they were issued in the absence of an authorization to conduct a, an impeachment inquiry. Hmm. Well, and no, of course, all, again, he was right about the fact that they didn't issue subpoenas until Hunter Biden said, yes, I would like to testify publicly. Again, then James, I beat my college girlfriend and made her get an abortion coma, said, you can't do that. We yeah. make the rules. Yeah, I just I just thought it was it was it was just game set match when Hunter Biden walked in there <laughs> and you could see the look on their faces. They did not know he was coming. And it was like, whoa, uh, what do we do now? <laughs> And James Comer at the end of the hearing had his head in his hands. <laughs> I don't understand why they think people don't have, they don't think people remember things. I remember. Because most people because don't. Testify, the 8th and the 9th, he arrived on the 8th. They refused to meet with him. And he held a public news meeting saying, I'm here. They apparently don't want to meet with me. Are we all dumb? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then, yeah. uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and, and you know, I don't really blame him for getting up and leaving the room when uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene exactly. started talking. Because, I mean, she's an idiot. She's just going to talk nonsense. I mean, I feel like he made his point by showing up, and he doesn't have to deal with that crap. Well, and you she, know what I mean? She, picked, so. she held up picture, pornographic pictures of him. 
you know, having yeah. sexual sexual activity with a, with a woman, you know, and he, he got up and walked out and the press followed him out. And so she didn't yeah. get her grandstand moment in front of the press because they all followed him out of the court, out of the hearing yeah. room. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she is so ridiculous. And the thing about it is, is it's it's not about Hunter. I mean, his, his crimes aren't that serious at all. You know what I mean? And it's not part of some big giant crime ring that they're trying to link him to his father. That's all just nonsense. But they're doing everything they can to distract and and create a smoke screen to do to try to take, you know, some attention away from all the things that are happening to Trump in his court cases. That's all this is about. That's mm-hmm. the only thing this That's, is about. It's to look over here, look over here, mm-hmm. distraction. Yep. Yeah. And then Eric Swalwell and Jim Jordan's committee here. Seeks recognition. Move a strike, last word. Gentlemen, <coughs> gentlemen from California, Mr. Swallow is recognized. <coughs> then I'll come to you, I think. Fitz. Mr. Chairman, is this a joke? Mm-hmm. No, seriously, is this hearing a joke? This is a committee that now cares about subpoena compliance, and we're going to hold somebody in contempt for subpoena Compliance, that's really interesting because, to me, it seems like you believe we all had our memories wiped 608 days ago when you failed to honor your own subpoena. Mm -hmm. You see, on May 31, 2022, as the January 6th committee was investigating the greatest crime ever committed in America with the most arrests, the most convictions, a crime against our Congress, our Constitution, our democracy, All they wanted was for you and a few of your colleagues to cooperate, to provide any information you had. And what you all did for 608 days and counting, you didn't show up. Mm -hmm. And you want us to take this proceeding seriously where you have an issue with somebody else's compliance with a subpoena, somebody who actually is willing to come forward publicly, something you were not willing to do, something you and Mr. McCarthy and others who were asked to testify were not willing to do. So seriously, is this a joke? Right. If it's a joke, great. This whole Congress has been a joke, so it would be in line and on brand with what has been taking place. But I have to ask, like, how dumb do you think the American people are that you would seek to hold someone in contempt when you are 608 days 15 hours, 21 minutes, and 47 seconds out of compliance mm-hmm. of your own subpoena. I don't know, Mr. Uh-huh. Chairman, if, if it is your practice to look the other way when crimes are committed, but it's not my practice, and it's not my colleague's practice. So what is this really all about? It's about this chairman, Speaker Johnson, and the MAGA majority acting as insurrection LLP creating the biggest law firm in Washington, D.C., to work every single day in this building on behalf of just one client, the former president, Donald Trump, and to carry out his petty grievances every single day. There you go. Amen. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's exactly right. This is all because Trump is telling them to do it. Mm -hmm. See, that's why Roger Stone wanted him assassinated. Right. I was just thinking of that. You know, oh, and Keith Oberman was right when after President Biden called Trump a loser, because, you know, he can't stand that gets under his skin being called a loser. And he says, we shall forever 
named call Trump loser J Trump. <laughs> oh God. Talk about that. We'll get under his skin. Like you will never see. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, and then, uh, Chris Christie had to, uh, drop out of the, of the campaign. But unfortunately the people who needed to hear what he said weren't listening, which is why he had to drop out. Yeah. You know, but this is a little clip of what he had to we say. We have people in this race all they will do is tell you how bad everything is, how angry we should be. And there's certainly sufficient reason for anger at the failures of the leaders we've selected. But they're doing it not for that reason. It's not a moment of honesty and transparency. Believe me, it's not. It's because they believe when we get angry, what we'll do is naturally relate to the angriest voice in the room. Donald Trump wants you to be angry every day because he's angry. Mm-hmm. He wants you to be angry so that you'll relate to his anger and then to vote for him. Please understand this. I have known him well for 22 years, mm-hmm. more than anybody else in this race has known him. And I can promise you this, if you put him back behind the desk in the Oval Office and a choice comes and a decision is needed to be made as to whether he puts himself first or he puts you first, how much more evidence do you need that he will pick himself? Mm-hmm. And if that is what we have there, then people are going to remain angry remain divided, and become even more exhausted than they are today. The country that I think we should choose is the country that recognizes that our differences have always been our strength, not a weakness, not something to divide us and anger us, but our differences have been our strength. There you have it right there. But the people that needed to hear that are not listening. And that's why they're gonna they're gonna reelect or uh, renominate Donald Trump, loser J oh, Trump, yeah. I should say, <laughs> loser J Trump. Uh, Let me be, we knew that a year ago because oh, there was literally no one out there who was speaking up and speaking out about him. So we knew he was going to be the fallback. Everybody that ran knew this, and the only person that pushed back was Chris Christie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right, and and. Those, those, you know, all those debates and everything, you know, the one, the one they had last week. I'm, I'm not playing any clips from it because it's just stupid. But, but you know, I mean, they wouldn't criticize Trump because they're afraid of his voters. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're all running for second place. I guess I, it's just, it's just ridiculous. You know, but uh, then we saw Trump uh, <laughs> had the closing arguments for his. Uh, fraud trial in New York City with Judge Angeron. And they said, oh, he was going to speak, and then the judge said, you won't agree to the term, so you're not going to speak. Uh, but then uh, he, he ended up speaking. <laughs> and of course, what did he do? What did he say? The nonsense. Nonsense, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the same old stuff he's posting on his True mm-hmm. Social. Speaking of which, if, if 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 his LLCs get dissolved, does that mean True Social goes away? <laughs> uh, maybe. 
I keep saying mm-hmm. I want to see his uh, LLC where the plane is owned, uh, dissolved, so he has to fly coach <laughs> to his trials. <laughs> that would be funny. It would yeah. be hilarious. So, But anyway, uh, Brianna Keeler was talking about uh, his little rants outside the courthouse. All right. There is former President Donald Trump after... Uh, his civil fraud trial, his closing arguments had wrapped up in there. We just have to fact check a lot and brace yourself because this is going to take a moment there. He, listen, the overarching message that he was really putting out there was he was saying that this is a Joe Biden indictment. And it's not. This is a civil fraud trial in New York. Joe Biden did not set this up. He was going after the attorney general there in New York, Letitia James. He was calling her a hack. He was saying that she was corrupt. Keep in mind, there is someone else who went after her uh, for an investigation she did, and that was Andrew Cuomo, the former Democratic governor of New York. She uncovered uh, and and put out a quite detailed and well-supported report on his COVID death numbers uh, that had been manipulated. He was saying all along there, there's no evidence of fraud. Yes, there is. Uh, His attorney was saying that, yes, there is. That has actually already been determined here that he actually inflated the value of his assets by a factor of three. Yeah, his attorney at one point made the argument that they made in court that real estate is an art and not a science. The square footage of a property is a determined thing that you can measure. It's not really an art. The president, former president, also made the case that his argument won in the Court of Appeals and that Judge Arthur Engeron is ignoring that because it's not the result that he wants. That's actually a misrepresentation of what Mm -hmm. took place. The uh, Court of Appeals scaled back the initial case that was made by Letitia James Uh, For example, determining that the statute of limitations had run out on certain charges, removing his daughter, Ivanka Trump, from uh, the case itself. Uh, Very far from saying that that the appeals court sided with him. In fact, the appeals court uh, would have shut the case down, according to legal experts, if they had felt that there wasn't a case there. Uh, Further, the president uh, made the case that uh, there was only one witness against him, and that was his former fixer, Michael Cohen. Uh, someone who he said was a convicted felon, convicted of lying. Michael Cohen was convicted in part for lying on behalf of former President Trump. Mm-hmm. So make of that what you will. Uh, he also made claims about uh, Burisma and, and Joe Biden, things that were largely false. The president, though, vowing that he is going to continue attending all of his court cases uh, as the campaign trail moves forward in the 2024 presidential election. Yeah, that's right. It was interesting, as you mentioned, the his attorney saying real estate is an art, not science. Well, there's also math. And the thing about math is that it's pretty clear cut and he got it wrong. There is something he did say that is true, which is that he said the 40 Wall Street building is beautiful. And that's actually true. It's on the National Historic Register. I've not seen it's it. Gorgeous. That is subjective. You probably actually so. have seen it in the skyline. <laughs> it is a. It's a beautiful building built in 1930 before Donald Trump was ever born. But it does currently bear his name. Boom! Right. <laughs> oh yeah. gosh. In other words, she just said. You're a liar. Truth, we think you're yeah, pretty much right. So, oh gosh. So, I mean, Joe, this this trial—if it breaks him, if he—if it dissolves all of his businesses, mm-hmm. it could 
it could that, this could be the 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 hammer or the nail in the coffin, right? <laughs> I'm okay with hammer because then we get to use hammer time jokes. Yeah, but but uh, I mean, it's not going to happen before the election because he's going to appeal this thing, and it's going to be two or three years probably. Right. Before right. anything happens. None of this. Right. None of this is going to happen. Just like the E. Jean Carroll case. It's going to be bad publicity for him, but of course he thinks all good, all publicity is good. But uh, uh, t- just like with the uh, election workers down in Atlanta, it's not going to matter because he because they could never pay this stuff. You know, like like Rudy Giuliani, he'll never pay 150 million dollars. He doesn't have 150 million dollars. Yeah, but the what thing it, what is, what it does is, is expose these people for what they are. Well, liars. I mean, in this case, 370 million dollars. They would have to sell off his properties to pay them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He has the assets to pay this off, unlike Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Norm Eisen was talking about this. What's the, what's the risk right now for the Trump organization? Well, it's substantial, Wolf, including that when all of these trial and appellate proceedings are concluded, it may lo- no longer be called the Trump organization. Uh, It's not just the massive uh, over $300 million in financial penalties uh, for the wrongdoing that the attorney general is seeking, but there is injunctive relief. This judge has already ordered, it's been stayed pending appeal. This judge has already ordered uh, some of the remedies that uh, can be referred to as a corporate death penalty. Trump and his sons not allowing to participate in the biz- in the business, not allowed to do other business, to take loans for a period of time, uh, perhaps putting a receiver in charge. If all of that comes to pass, and if it holds up on appeal, and I think the judge has been careful, like with those Eric and Don Jr. comments, he's showing balance. If it holds up on appeal, this could be the end of the Trump organization as we have known it for all of these years. Yeah, we shall see. We shall hmm. see. I think that's why he ended up letting him speak at the end. Is because uh, yeah, I was thinking that too. Actually, you know, no, he's I, trying I to show that, that I was fair. about to make a similar point, but yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, basically, he wants him to say what he's going to say because and appeals because he thinks that, or the judge may think that this will work out in their favor if it were to go to appeals and the fact that he's just blurting out all this nonsense and that it could actually help their case more than hurt it. Well, and also the fact that there's no jury because they forgot to ask for a jury. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which is, I mean, it, it, it is that. really weird the way that, that Trump as a, as a defendant behaves because I mean, he's antagonizing the judge and I'm like, well, if you're going to antagonize this judge, you're not showing any respect toward the court at all. And do you really think the appeals court is going to look favorably on that? I mean, geez, I don't know. I, I thought about this one time when he was doing his rant, I thought, is Engeron going to say, uh, to Trump's lawyer, uh, d- does your client think this is helping him or what? Right, <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, you know exactly. what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like crazy. Yeah. And, uh, then uh, Alina Haba had a few things to say. <laughs> it was an interesting day for sure. Um, I, I think uh, I, in the morning, some of the defense arguments, the first lawyer who went up, Mr. Kais, you know, other than throwing in, you know, the sort of uh, statements for the audience of one Donald Trump about what a genius he was, we should give him a medal. Otherwise, he did stick to legal arguments. And well, let me just slow you down. Yeah. Um, do you get a medal in a fraud trial? Is that part of it? <laughs> Just so we know. I, I mean, I don't think there's a, there are any medals for anyone in uh, in this trial. It's okay. 44 days of just, uh, 
you know, just a slugfest for sure. Um, but he, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he did a serviceable job. And then you've got Alina Haba who came up and, you know, guns blazing. I don't know. I, she was either, it was an audition for maybe to be an anchor on Fox News or the attorney general in a Trump administration. They're, you know, I don't know that there's going to be much of a distinction without a difference uh, if, if, if he's elected, but it was, you know, a lot of bombast, a lot of, you know, like yelling. It was, uh, it was very, it was shocking to see. Um, yeah. You know, at one point she turned to the judge and says, have you ever made a mistake? And like pointing at him about the, about the apartment and the tripling the yeah, size bizarre. of the apartment. Yeah, just really bizarre and not something you'd expect in a trial. And this idea that she kept focusing on that apartment, the tripling of the size as being just her favorite topic, she said. And she also said, well, you know, it's just a mistake. People make mistakes. That's what yeah. happens. And that's clearly not the case here. Yep, exactly. You know, I mean, it's just the whole the whole fraud. It, it it's just it's all fraud. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I saw a, a <clears throat> kind of a funny story about Alina Haba. It was on Midas Touch, and they were saying that, that she was on a podcast with uh, one of the right wing podcast deals out there, and and she goes, you know, somebody asked me. This is Haba talking. She goes, somebody asked me if you had a choice, would you rather be pretty or smart? And Hava says, well, that's easy. I'd rather be pretty. I can fake the smart. <laughs> right. And I was like, right. uh, no, you can't. Right. No, you can't. You're yeah. not fooling anybody. <laughs> You're not fooling me. Yeah, I actually, I actually heard that clip. So, yeah. oh, my funny. gosh. Oh, my gosh. And then uh, we'll close it out with uh, Michael Cohen's thoughts. Boy, that witness took back everything that he said. He took back everything he said in court, took it all back. And here now is... Michael Cohen, former attorney for Donald Trump, author of Revenge and host of the Mea Culpa podcast. Michael, nice to see you. I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to what Donald Trump said. Is there a reason really to respond? I mean, he makes things up on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And no matter how many times that Alina Haba or Chris Kyes or Donald Trump attempt to denigrate me and to impugn my credibility. The one thing that we all know, the one thing that Donald knows, which is why he looks so terrible, it's why he looks so nervous and preoccupied, is that the bill is coming and he doesn't have the money to pay it. Mm. So sure, why not attack the witness? Why not attack the judge? Why not attack the judge's law clerk? Attack everybody, because what Donald Trump knows is that he was handed a business by his father to which he destroyed. And now that's going to be his legacy. There you go, right there. Yep. Yep. Oh, soundboard's driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But anyway, yeah, so I guess I said in the email I sent out about the show notes, I said, uh, what a clown show of a week. Man, it was just, the news was just nuts. You know, I mean, and and I think it's just going to continue to get even nuttier for the whole year as we get close, get to the election. So, oh, fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> yep. Here we go. But uh, so, with that said, tell people where they can check you out. Okay, Tim. Um, they can check me out on um, mainly on Mastodon is where I'm at, and as well as Instagram. Uh, Mastodon I'm on at Seth P23, and Instagram I'm vegan ESP on Instagram. And uh, thanks again for having me on the show again, Tim. This has been great. Really enjoyed being here, and I look forward to the next time. All right, thank you, Seth. And we'll go to T. Hello, okie dokie. 
So uh, thank you for letting me come up. We and you can find me over on Spoutable at tbrown1061 or over on Tickety Talk at tbrown64. Look forward to um, your next show. Thank you, T. And uh, we, I really appreciate everybody taking the time to join us each week. I know it, it takes a it, it takes a lot, and I really appreciate it because I couldn't do this without you guys. And Adam, uh, you can find me over at Threads uh, uh, as uh, the Adam Hebert. I also still do run uh, Radio for Humans, where I'm trying to get some new programming launched. It's just the creative process, man. The creative process. Yes. Yes, um, indeed. Yeah. And uh, I think I may have found my new. Uh, you guys know I'm a Dungeons and Dragons guy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I may have found my new character, a bard by the name of Weird, spelled with a Y, Al Githyankovich. Oh, okay. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, Adam and Joe. Uh, well, you can find my name on Facebook, and you can find my name on Mastodon. <laughs> Uh, but mostly you can find me in my living room every morning watching the Chiron looking for Trump's death. Right. <laughs> and after that, if there is no Trump death, I switch quickly to the tennis channel. There you go. <laughs> to which the Australian Open is going on right now. So, All you know. right. Well, I know what you're going to be watching. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. And you can follow me, Tim Cornwall, on everything except the X. <laughs> so I'm on the Spoutable. I'm on Mastodon, Tim Cornwall at mastodon.social and uh, um, on, but mostly on the Facebook and uh, also the threads and Instagram so with that uh, gosh what a week what a week so uh, we'll close out with our good buddy Lauren's latest song Oh Nikki so take it away Lauren and we will see you all soon Oh Nikki you're so fake look at the mistakes you make hey Nikki hey Nikki Oh, Nikki took a hit, being such a hypocrite and icky. Hey, Nikki. For years you got away with pandering to each side. But now that your ambition's going nationwide, all your stupid gaffes were not gonna let slide. No, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. A question on the Civil War made you choke. Your rivals all attacked as you became a joke. You know it's bad when you turn Ron DeSantis woke. Oh, Nikki. Oh, Nikki, it's not tricky. Anyone can see. We know the Civil War was caused by slavery. Oh, Nikki, be more picky about what you say. And don't try to pretend. You're not polite as can be, Nikki. We all can see, Nikki. Hey, Nikki, you took credit for removing that old Confederate flag, but for years you had defended it, which kind of makes me gag. So it's not really something about which you should brag. Hey, Nikki, you said we should raise the age at which people retire, but when someone asked about it, you called him a liar. But he had tapes, and now the internet's on fire. Hey, Nikki. Nikki, what a pity, as the critics stump. It's clear you sold your soul when you cozied up to Trump. Oh, Nikki, be more picky about what you say. And don't try to pretend. You're not a gross hypocrite, Nikki. And full of shit, Nikki. Oh, Nikki, it's not tricky. Anyone can see. We know the Civil War was caused by slavery. 
Oh, Nikki, be more picky about what you say and don't try to pretend. You're not polite as can be, Nikki. We all can see, Nikki. Oh, Nikki, what a pity as the critics stump. It's clear you sold your soul when you cozied up to